Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm so happy you're joining me today because today I'm speaking with my guest, Peg Malqueen, who was the original Ashtanga Dispatch podcast host. And we're talking about her journey, what she's up to now, and how mentorship and having a mentor can really change your spiritual path and your spiritual practice. You know, mentorship plays a vital role in most professions. And I don't think it's different for yoga teachers. I think it's really important to have a mentor, to have a guide. And also as a spiritual practitioner, I mean, that was the role of the guru, was mentorship, somebody that you would seek to become like because they held a special space that you wanted to learn how to hold a similar kind of space. So having someone by your side who's walked the path before you, who understands the challenges and the triumphs, really can make all of the difference. So a mentor's there to guide you, to inspire you, to help you navigate the twists and the turns of the journey. And this can be life's journey, which actually is the spiritual journey. It can also be a journey on your business, business development. It could be a journey um, in your practice, in your yoga practice. But it's really important to have that kind of mentorship, someone who's walked before you, that you look up to, that you respect, that you want to emulate in order to progress on your path. You know, yoga practice and the spiritual journey isn't meant to be a solo journey. It's not meant to be a solo path. We're not supposed to be doing it alone. And that was the whole point of having a guru in the Indian lineage is that you weren't doing it alone. You had someone who could help you, someone you could turn to, someone who could reflect back to you what they're seeing, could help you um, maybe miss some of the pitfalls, right? To overcome the challenges with more ease and so that you could make progress in a more effective and efficient way. So I think when we embrace mentorship, we really open ourselves up to new possibilities. We start to learn to let go of the fears that are holding us back And we take courageous steps forward to really open up and step into our true potential. It's a journey of self-discovery and growth that can transform not only our conscious mind, but what I love about it and why I love working with clients and coaching students and mentoring students and Um, having this intimate relationship with them is that it helps to repattern our unconscious mind. So a lot of the times we're living very unconsciously, we're living out of unconscious patterns. And until we start to bring the awareness, but not just have the awareness of the unconscious patterns, we have to meet them with acceptance and integrate the deeper need or the deeper reason why that pattern's there because everything in our life is trying to serve us. So 
We're going to talk a little bit about this in our conversation today. Peg and I really talk a lot about mentorship and also um, the yoga practice, maybe even our differing views on um, what's important, what isn't important. Um, And so I think you're really going to love this conversation. But I'm also really excited to announce that I'm offering and opening up 10 complimentary clarity sessions or breakthrough sessions this month. I have been challenged by my own coach because I truly believe in coaching and mentorship and that it is the best way to make progress on the spiritual path and within yourself, within your personal development to see these unconscious patterns and to also face the fears and the limiting beliefs that we all carry. We all carry them. Um, No matter where you are on the spiritual journey or where you are in your yoga practice, I guarantee you have limiting beliefs and unconscious fears. And so working with someone in a one-on-one capacity really helps you to uncover your hidden potential, break through those limiting beliefs, and also to create a roadmap for your personal and professional success, whatever you envision that to be. And so my coach has um, challenged me to offer for the month of November um, as many clarity sessions as I'm able to. And so I'm opening up 10 spots Uh, To the first people who want to fill out an application and come on in, they're completely complimentary and we get to sit down for a full 90 minutes and you get to experience what it's like to really work with a coach and to create a real roadmap for what you want to create in your life, what you want to dream up, where you want to go, whether that's with your yoga practice, whether that's with your business, whether that's with your family. You know, maybe it's experiencing more joy. Maybe it is connecting to your deeper self. Maybe it's having more confidence. Maybe it's not feeling burnt out and exhausted all the time. Whatever it is, um, I'm just super happy to connect and work with you on it in one of these sessions. So I hope that you uh, take me up on the offer if it sounds like something you'd be interested in. And you can find the link in the show notes. And also, if you head on over to my website, HarmonySlater.com, you can just hit coaching and then you can hit life coaching. And there's an application there where you can apply. And you can also check out my Instagram. It will be in my stories and in my bio link as well. So if you're ready to really learn more about this paradox of transformation, this is about how to free yourself from these unconscious patterns that have been holding you back. We have to actually feel it in order to free it. We actually have to go into the very thing that we're afraid of or that we're avoiding or that keeps us stuck in order to release and have that breakthrough, um, I invite you to come on in to a clarity session with me and we will unlock the power within you and set you on a path to greatness. So um, we're going to get started with this episode and uh, send me a DM. I'd love to connect with you there. If you want to DM me, I can shoot you off a link to the application. And again, the first 10 people who apply will get the sessions and I look forward to connecting with you more inside Um, these sessions and also through this episode. I hope that you love it and I hope that it is something that you learn from and really helps you kind of reframe and think about the practice in a new and different way. So let's jump in with this conversation 
with myself and Peg McQueen. Hi, I'm going to and Nelda. Hi, Peg. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm so glad you could join us on the show today or me solo. <laughs> it's so good to see your face. Yeah, it's good to see your face too. How have things been in Montana? It's so funny. We're actually really close to each other. Like what, eight yeah. hours? Is that how long it took you to drive up? Totally. Here? Yeah. And I think it's like eight or 10. I think it's like eight hours to Glacier. So we're just like okay. right below. Yeah. <sighs> Amazing. So we're both stuck in winter. We both have snow. Yes. <laughs> I love when people are saying winter is coming. No, we're winter is here. Winter is here for another six months now. <laughs> I know. Right? So crazy. So yeah, I just thought it'd be fun for us to connect. You're like the original Ashtanga Yoga podcaster. <laughs> When did you start a Shanga Yoga Dispatch? I was a terrible podcaster. I'm a terrible, like, yes, (laughs) it was not even my idea. It was, um, yeah, it was a long time ago. It was before, (laughs) it was before, it was before I ever even listened to a podcast. I remember saying to Chris Lucas, I was like, does anybody even listen to those? And he's like, like, what's a podcast? Does anybody even do that? And there was this one podcast at Serial. Remember Serial? Yeah. He goes, Have you ever heard of that? And I was like, No. And he's like, Ugh. He just kind of rolled his eyes. And he's, but anyway, yeah, I mean, he got me different mics and things like that. And I loved having the conversations, Harmony. I yeah. love, you know, yeah. I, I love this. Yeah. I love the interacting. I love connecting with people. Yeah. Wasn't really good at the, I'm also, I'm part, Deaf? Did you know that? Really? I'm not deaf. I'm, I'm losing my hearing. I I have a lot of hearing loss. Russell so, too. He's deaf in one ear also. Really? Yeah. I I went to the doctor and I was like, why do I have this ringing in my ear? And do you know what tinnitus is, right? Uh, so I went yeah. to the doctor and they tested it. And tinnitus is, I was losing my, I've lost my hearing. I've lost a lot of hearing. And so mm-hmm. what happens is your brain makes up noise where oh. it's missing noise. Oh, wow. Your brain. So it's not my ears. It's my brain filling in gaps of information. Hmm, so that sounds familiar. But anyway, yeah, so it makes sense. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what we do, right? Kind of what we do. <laughs> but needless to say, that doesn't bode well for audio editing. <laughs> yes. Well, audio editing all by itself is it's a special skill that some people love. And other do you people, love it? No, not okay. really. <laughs> you do so well, though. You do so great, and you're so good at staying. I mean, like oh. you really are just. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. I it's... admire that, and I know how much work it is. Like I know how much work it is. Yeah, if the audio is good and like everything goes well, it's it can be. Um, it can happen like succinctly, like within a, a time frame that's reasonable. But gosh, if something's wrong with the audio or something happens, it can take a long time, unfortunately. And also, I'm not like an audio technician. I wish I had better audio editing skills. But <laughs> Oh, no, but you're a yoga teacher and a yoga teacher is everything now. Like yeah. you are, you, you are know, everything right? now. You wear hats of, yeah, you oh, are, you are. 
a you social are. media manager, a marketing expert, a podcaster, a sound editor, a video editor. Um, what else? An accountant, a bookkeeper. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. uh, what else? Oh, we actually teach yoga sometimes, right? If we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, maybe like a, I don't know. I feel like I'm a marketing agency for myself, but I don't feel like I'm a very good agency for myself. I would fire oh. myself if I paid myself anything. <laughs> Well, it's two different skill sets, right? Like it's like yeah. two different, it is like if you went into this profession because it's something oh you love, gosh. like if this is truly what you love, mm -hmm. it, that other stuff is like not, it's a different. Oh yeah. It's really hard. It's interesting. I feel like I've talked to some people who I think this push outward, like this external um, sort of pressure to produce and create content and share and be out in the world and like add to this noise. So some of my yoga teacher friends are like, no, I want to go in. I don't want to contribute to this. And then others are like, no, I really want to share. And I feel like it's my duty to share. And so it's kind of interesting how people react and respond to these like very real external pressures that, you know, society, the world, media, I don't know, the modern age that we're in right now has kind of put on us. And I think COVID kind of uh, amplified it a lot, right? Because all of a sudden we went from being in person and things you could kind of just be with people to everything being online. And then we've come out of COVID and now it's like, you have to do both. You have to both be with people and be online. And it's like, what? <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was just talking to somebody, um, one of one of the members of her path, like wrote me a yeah. little letter about um, COVID. And she was saying, because everybody's experience of that time has been different. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not in vogue to talk about it. We're done and over. That was so 2020. <laughs> We're like, you know, but yeah. we haven't moved on. Things have changed. And yeah. like a lot of people I've been talking to have said, you know, not only did they not get a break, like I did have a break in COVID. I'm going to yeah. just like say that out loud. I live, you know, in the wild. Yeah. I have a garden. I can, you know, living isolated is is what mm -hmm. I do anyway. But a lot of people actually didn't get a break. Mm -hmm. They were thrust upon, and especially like this person was saying, she doesn't have kids. And so the people that had families because they had to homeschool yeah. had to like pull away from work. But so then people that were still there got more of that. People like yeah. doctors and dentists, they never got breaks. And so the world yeah. reopened and they just never had any time or yeah. space to kind of, in fact, if anything, their workload increased Yeah, as like you're saying, so did ours. I mean, ours, it became different. Like yeah. everything's different. I feel like that. I'm, I like have a little secret dark spot in my heart that's very envious of people that got to take a break during COVID. Because <laughs> um, I feel like, I mean, I, I was one of the first teachers to go online and started teaching like free classes, like five days a week when COVID happened, which I'm like super grateful for. And, and it was a beautiful kind of offering and, and it was what I wanted to do. And I, I had absolutely no idea of like anyone that it was going to last for as long as it did or that, um, you know, online was the new offline or whatever. Right. But, um, 
But again, it was sort of uh, that it was like a massive increase all of a sudden in my workload because I went from kind of teaching, you know, workshops and retreats. And when I was home, I actually was kind of in my own space and practicing and resting and just being a mom. And then when COVID happened, all of a sudden I was being mom. I had my son Jediah full time. I was homeschooling. I was teaching every single day. I was video editing. I started a podcast. I was audio editing. <laughs> and like all of, I, all of a sudden, I think my, my workload increased at least, I don't know, 10 times what I was doing before. And then again, it like there was no break. It just kept going. It just kept going. Like yeah. that's that's like that's the part I was it, it we we had a our Zoom meeting last month yeah. and I was saying to everybody admitting that I don't know about you but I'm I'm still a little out of rhythm like totally. I'm, like I'm not I, yeah. I just I'm not really positive what's going like where the world is I feel mm-hmm. like I'm just sort of like a little off step and um even within myself, because there's like a whole new rhythm that has to be established. Yeah. And like you, I, I began, you know, new things and yeah. new concepts and ideas that kind of were outgrowths of that time. But, but I haven't really, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know that that, if that's a good thing or a bad thing, like I just sort of feel a little out of step with the rest of the world. Yeah. Do you feel like you're able to like, are you finding ways to establish new habits and new rituals and new routines now? Like recognizing that you feel like, okay, things have been a little bit out of step for a long time or, you know, a while now, <laughs> whatever a long time is. Um, yeah. How are you like reframing? How are you reapproaching your, you know, your practice or your routines, your rituals to like kind of come back into alignment? I think weirdly, it's like um, not that it's not the actual routines or rituals because they mm-hmm. really, for me, didn't change a whole lot. I'm not traveling as much except to go see Megan, but I um, I kind of like that. Like I don't, I was, I'm not a big, again, I do like mm-hmm. home. Yeah. <laughs> even in winter, despite winter, I do, I do like yeah. those sorts of things. I've become a lot more introspective, a lot mm-hmm. more, um, I do a lot more writing, nice. a lot, a lot that's more your, small That's a gift group. of yours for sure. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy that, but there's, yeah. but you know, writing takes time Yeah. and it takes a lot of solitude and quiet and like, mm-hmm. and time. I mean, I was reading this book, how to write, it was, um, Ann Dillard, Annie Dillard. And mm-hmm. she was saying, the average number of years it takes for a person to write a book is 10 years. Wow. I believe it. (laughs) You know, like you have these people that can push one out in six months, right? Or something like that. But it's like once in a blue moon. And she said, so why do we like fill ourselves with these ideas of extremes? Like we compare ourselves to the extreme, the six month person, or we do that in yoga, like somebody who can, you know, who like sailed through this or can do that. Why is it? She's like, yeah. And people eat automobiles too. And people like, like, there's all (laughs) sorts of like weird, absurd, extreme things that people do. We don't feel like we have to conform to that, but yet we have these sense of achievement that we Mm -hmm. think that 
all that we compare ourselves to that and then beat ourselves up when we're not like making significant headway quickly. And mm-hmm. I guess that's what I've learned is she was saying writers do that. And, and yeah. I think for a long time I did because I had so many other things I was doing. I don't think I realized that writing actually takes yeah. time to flesh out 70% of what you write gets trashed. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just the time writing. It's, I mean, I, I notice this with myself too, that if I'm always in action and doing things, which I have been a lot, <laughs> um, it's hard to feel creative. It's hard to tap into that creative energy. Like you really, for me, like personally, and maybe you can relate to this, need space and quiet and like just like time to just be and to like walk or to just like not be doing right just being and then all of a sudden like you get those downloads you get those creative juices and i think a lot of people experience this in their yoga practice too right because like all of a sudden they're not like doing something thinking about something else they're just being in their body with their breath and then they're like they get these amazing creative ideas right because all of a sudden you're slowing down enough to just be but if you're constantly like doing it's really hard to and so as a writer i mean it must be impossible to to feel creative we we just talked about that yeah um, because the last the last element of the path was space And what I said was because we were talking about meditation or contemplative practices and Mm -hmm. how the mind becomes distracted and you do get those wonderful ideas. But that's because we don't give ourselves a space outside of that. I mean, the best ideas come to you, well, for me, in the bathtub. You know, when I'm in the bathtub or when I'm in the shower. Like, in fact, if I'm writing and I'm like at a stalemate, I'll just go take a shower or go sit in the tub or, you know, go take a walk. But you have to like loosen the strings. And if we just spend time going from one thing to the other, then that's what distraction is. And even scrolling on our phones, you know, people think, well, when I get checked out, but that stuff imprints too. It just makes it all the more, um, you know, full. And so then you get to your yoga practice. You're right. You slow your breathing, you slow your body. And all of a sudden you're like, where's my notebook, you know, (laughs) but that's because we didn't give ourselves space before but but also nobody lets us have that or nobody nobody the world doesn't make it seem like we're allowed to have that space you have to be productive and how productive Mm -hmm. is sitting in a bathtub for an hour or you know yeah we don't we measure productivity by output Mm -hmm. and that's with writing that's with yoga and with with those things it's not actually we need what you said solitude you know, stillness, stillness, and silence, silence. Yeah. Silence. Yeah. I, I mean, those are my, I hate to say it, but those are my favorite things. Solitude, silence, and stillness. It's like, just give me that. Okay. That's all my soul craves all the time, (laughs) but But it's hard. You have to really like, you have to, you have to create boundaries in your life to guard that space because it's easy to fill up. And not even just yourself, like the world will fill it up. Oh, you have to protect <laughs> it and keep it sacred. But also, you yeah. you know, the silence for me especially is like, if I, again, open up social media or see something and I'm like, oh, 
I should be doing, you know, you get the like, yeah. I should be doing that. I should, I mean, the yeah. podcast was a big deal. I haven't put one out in a year. Yeah. And wow. Wait, yeah. You, you put one out with um, Leah? Of course, I haven't put one out in a year. Was that a year ago? Yeah, I think oh so. Oh my gosh, really? I mean, I really haven't put, I'm like, it's, it's okay. I mean, but yeah. I literally, but every time I would like see like other, I'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, I haven't put one out. I should be doing that. I should be. And yeah. I'm like, but I don't see it. So I would have to go, yeah. okay, wait a second. Do I really feel that right now? Yeah. Or am I being influenced? And if I don't take a moment to just, because you can't, contrary to what the world would like, you can't have everything. You it's can't true. do everything. It's true. You really do. Choice involves sacrifice. Yeah. And if, you know, and if you are not willing, you, you have to let things go. And oftentimes we do things, but we don't realize what we're sacrificing. When we try to do everything, there are really important things we sacrifice without even knowing. Unconscious, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, how many, like the, the friend that we didn't sit down with, the, you know, the sleep, the things we sacrifice things all the time in yeah. order to keep up, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in order to do a lot of things. But then, so if we take a little moment, we go, okay, what am I, what am I willing to sacrifice? And that was, that was something I'm not, you know, like in writing takes a lot of time. And these, yeah. these new things, we started a mentorship program this year. Yeah. That is, oh my gosh, Harmony. This, this is like the How beauty did it go? of online. This yeah. is the beauty of online, which you it, like nothing I planned, mm -hmm. um, which is the way the best things go. It, it is like, I've never met almost everyone in this, in this group. Oh, amazing. But then they decided we should have a little retreat. So they're yeah. actually six of them are coming out here to Montana next week. Oh, amazing. For a little mini Beautiful. just for just for our mentors and then three more coming to Tasmania. Amazing. So we're like, but you realize I feel like I know them so intimately. We yeah. meet twice a week. We yeah. really like, it's just this beautiful, these beautiful relationships. We have like the Slack group. Where we're not only the relationship with Megan and me, but also with yeah. each other. Like yeah. they all feel like they know each other. And yeah. I have been fascinated mm -hmm. and inspired to like yeah. watch this flourish and grow and mm -hmm. and just, I don't know. It was nothing. Beautiful. It's what I hoped. I also, um, I'm a mentor at the elementary school. I, I volunteer oh, down at amazing. the school. So, so I do a little, you know, so it's like a yeah. little bit. And I really believe in those relationships. I always mm -hmm. have. I just, yeah. as a teacher, um, yeah. I think there's a role of a teacher, but I think the role of a mentor is different. Yeah. And I've always been kind of drawn to the mentor role. Yeah, totally. Someone who walks with you kind of, not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And just, that's just more me. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of good teachers turn into mentors. Yeah. You know what I mean? A good teacher yeah. with a relationship turns into a mentor. Totally. Um, but yeah. And so I've that's always That's what I seen... love about coaching too. I love like, it's very similar to mentoring where you're not telling someone what to do and you're not like, like being pedantic about like, you know, this is the right way. This is the wrong way. And da, 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 da. like, that was never my style. I'm like, what do you, what feels right for you? Let's like, which is much more coaching. <laughs> right. So I feel like I, I love that. And I think it's actually what our yoga, um, 
I don't know, community world. I'm not sure exactly, but <laughs> I feel like a lot of times it gets missed in yoga um, because people want someone to tell them what to do and they want something to be black and white and they want a right and a wrong. And so that they can identify as like, I'm doing it right and I'm a good girl and I don't want to do it wrong and I want to, you know, be perfect <laughs> and like all these things, right? Which is really interesting because it's it's actually all the patterns that we're supposed to be kind of unraveling and unwinding through yoga. But actually what happens is I think it seems to me, <laughs> this is what I've seen a lot of. Keep going. <laughs> we get into this practice and maybe for a while it kind of unravels some of this stuff for us in relation to how we are in the world. But if we don't get into those patterns from the root, if we don't identify with them, we just start projecting them onto the practice and onto the community of the practice. And we start to create again, like those hierarchies in the in the community and where do we place in the hierarchy? And in order for there to be hierarchy, there has to be better than and less than and more correct and less correct. and all these things, right? And so then we kind of get stuck in 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 just being sheep again <laughs> and being led and being told like, oh, this is right, this is wrong. And and not like how does it feel for you, but um, you know, no pain, no gain, or um, well, you know, maybe tomorrow it'll be better <laughs> or whatever, right? Where we're always projecting into like a future state where we'll like be better rather than actually going in and realizing that it's perfect just the way it is. It's, it's so, it's so you said the, the stuck part and that's, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. And you know, like what we're attached to. And I guess you, you started the conversation before we were recording and you yeah. asked me about Megan yeah. and yeah. And you were like, do you think she's going to stay in Tasmania? Right. And like, and, and then I said, I try not to, you yeah. know, um, do too much because the thing is, is like, she's changed. Like, she's not the same daughter that lived here. She's not the same little girl that I, that I raised. Mm -hmm. She's growing. And as, um, as in our relationship, our relationship then has to shift. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, in the beginning when she's young and she's, you know, I dictate her bedtimes and I, I yeah. help her, you know what I mean? Like I tell her with it, you know, I make her dinners and things like yeah. that, but that's what we don't seem to be wanting to shift. I have to actually let go yeah. of the role of a mom a bit too, mm -hmm. but it's so, what we don't realize is like when you let go of the role of the mom, because she's, you know, taking on the role of adult, there have been times when our roles have switched, you know, during menopause, she really, yeah took care of me during that year when I was really struggling. She yeah. came, she cooked for me. She, nice. she, you know, screened my phone calls. She like, she was, <laughs> so really, good. She was like my boundary, you know? And, and she, yeah. she would say, it's time to go. She would say to me, it's time to go to bed. Like you got yeah. to go to bed, you know? And, um, and you know, at first when that happened, I felt guilty, like, Oh God, this is not what a daughter is supposed to do. This is like, yeah. I'm, why am I, you know, there's something wrong with me. You know, this is like, I should be stronger. I should be better. But actually, well, I couldn't. So, you know, that, that helped. It was just yeah. like, I, just, I couldn't, I really did need her to take care of her. But it was, I saw her flourish 
Yeah. And it being able to take on that role and our, our relationship really shifted around that time because yeah. she got to kind of rise and, and we reestablished a different, you know, rhythm and a different nice. type of relationship. And those things have to, have to happen and we, and, and we yeah. have to let them. And that's what ends up happening when we institutionalize a yoga pro or a method or whatever, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. get really stuck in these roles. And so a student, whereas in the beginning, sure, you do teach students in the beginning, very specific things. And, mm -hmm. you know, you give them more, more input, more advice, more, mm -hmm. um, more of yeah. everything, more of support, but also you have to take a step back then and allow them to struggle, to fail sometimes. Not, not like we did that with our kids, right? You couldn't save your kids from every struggle. You yeah. shouldn't save your kids from every struggle. Then yeah. they never know how, and they don't build the confidence. Yeah, They don't yeah. build the confidence to know that they can do it if we don't show them that mm -hmm. we have the confidence. And so then, then COVID came along, and I think that's why everyone, pan students panicked. Mm. What will I do? Oh yeah. my God, what will I do? The same thing yeah. you've been fucking doing every day. Like, what do you know what you, you do? Like, you just you just won't do it in a place. Yeah, it's a little hard. Yeah, you won't have people. But it yeah. was like, it's like the way we go from temperatures from 70 to, you know, 20. It's know. abrupt. And that was abrupt. But look what happened. Yeah. yeah. Acclimated, you know? Yeah. People like re rediscovered their practice and built confidence. It didn't come without a struggle, but it came and yeah. it would. And so I would hate to see us go back to that mm. old model. You know, mm. I feel like we, we just like COVID did us a favor, kind of shattered that, right? It gave students confidence. Um, I mean, you and I have always practiced a lot. We live, you know, in cold places. And so like, <sighs> yeah, there's no, like, it don't get warm here and it don't get humid. I mean, like, you yeah. know, you learn, like when I go somewhere else, I'm like, oh my God, I love this body. But most yeah. of the time it's a cold rickety body that I practice with, you know, <laughs> in altitude. Yeah. Um, so I would hate to see us go back. And I do see a little bit of that slipping back and it kind of makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I feel, I feel like there's a little bit of like, maybe it kind of put people in, in a little bit of, of different camps. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm just interpreting it that way or if, if really there's sort of like the orthodoxy got more orthodox and the, the people maybe who were like, not sure, kind of like either went into more orthodoxy or went into more openness. I'm not sure. Maybe some people got more information. open. I just mean like, here's how you oh, do this. And like, yeah. now we don't have to just wait for students to come to tell them. Now we can just write books on our Instagram post and like, this is, you know, this is how you do it. And like, like and I'm just like, where's the mystery, man? Where's the like, you know, <laughs> I know it doesn't sell. I get it. You know, I'm losing followers by the day. And I'm like, but, but <laughs> me too. Don't worry about it. There's the fun and being like, so now we just found another way to tell people how to do it and what to do. Yeah. And it's just the state of how we do everything. Even when you mentioned the either or, like I'm either on social media or I'm off social media. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's an in-between place there. You, know? <laughs> yeah, there you don't have to like be a hermit and you also don't have to like, yeah. you know, bombard every everybody day. like yeah. yeah you don't have to like do i mean these like little challenges were like i'm gonna post every day for the next 365 days i'm like jesus god 
<laughs> yeah, please don't. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Take a Lord's day. <laughs> you no, know, but at the same time, it is nice to have various perspectives. And I just, I really admire yeah. the people, and you do this, like that yeah. can just be themselves and kind of put things out there that, you know, that are relevant, that are happening, that are personal, but, but also teachable. Yeah, I not, hope. You know, I not dictatorial or, or yeah. like, and not like so much information. I mean, this part of the fun is figuring things out and like, why do we take all the fun out of it? Yeah. And I, I think too, like, I'm, I, I like this about your mentorship. When I, when I saw you were uh, doing the mentorship, I was like, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, <laughs> because so I fun. love, I love the idea. I mean, I have an inner circle, um, like mentorship program as well but it's it's a little bit different yours is very themed by the month which i love and um and i think that it it lends itself a little bit more to kind of where my interest is and and what i love about yoga is that it's actually not really about the practice you know it's not really about what you're doing with your body at all and so it's kind of hard for me to give a shit actually about the physical practice these days because for me that's not what yoga is like it's not touching your toes and it's not doing a back bend and it's not like surya namaskara a and b like it's just not like that's a physical oh, but it practice. is harmony but it is <laughs> you it think is. yes i do like i'm so weird like yes no i don't think it is let's talk, let's talk about it this is okay. exciting i think it, i think it is because i'm like oh like doing a back bend like there <laughs> it's the only time in my practice when if i'm in kapatasana mm. the only time when i can don't think about anything else. I can't think of anything else. I don't have the wherewithal. I just am so present in my body and really mm. in my breath and just thinking, how much more can I, can I breathe? Can I stay here? Can I stay here? Can you get to the place in mm. your back bend where you don't escape it by leaving or escape it by dropping into it? You know what I mean? Can you stay in that intense moment of presence when when there is like you just like that is what we want to bring into the world so if i can do that in kapatasana where i don't go back and catch my you know i don't like contort my body and strive to I'm not gonna hurt myself to it's not about my heels i don't mm -hmm. care where i go i care where i am and so getting mm -hmm. to that space where i don't leave it because i can't deal you know what i mean like i don't escape mm -hmm. it and both are escaping, whether you're striving to get it or you're striving to leave it. They're both, you know, neither one of them mm -hmm. are staying with it. So I use my practice, not just mm -hmm. to regulate. Sure, there, there are parts of my practice I used to regulate and regulating your body because the way you think is the way you move and the way you behave. But mm -hmm. also you can, sh you can change that by the way you move. You can, you can slow by slowing your body yeah. down. You can change, yeah. as we just talked about earlier, you can change mm -hmm. the thought patterns. You can open up space in the mind. The two, you can't separate them. And so the reason why I still love it, I am 57 years old. I <laughs> want to be active and moving and practicing and embodying mm -hmm. um, in whatever way I can, as long as I can. It's just that we become small-minded. I think what you were talking about, mm. I'm just writing about this, is <laughs> the way we take the practice and we have no imagination with it. 
You know what I mean? Mm. Like warrior one is all about like the angle of your leg and you know, the direction of your back foot and like, yeah. oh, please. What if we looked at them as like shape-shifting? you know, like embodied the energy and spirit of a warrior or mm-hmm. found the rhythm of a flow? Or like I just said, mm-hmm. found the presence, the backbend, the dynamism, the aliveness that comes with the backbend and not shrink away because my God for women, that's what we do. We shrink away from that exposure, that bigness, that, that like expansion. Can mm-hmm. I stay in that and not shrink away? And also not bend over for it. Not like, you know, like, yeah, can I stay in that expansive, uplifted, open, but strong Mm -hmm. space and be it. And so those were like, if we could just get away from like our literal, boring, like (laughs) rational, you know, literal mind, if we could just kind of, you know, and I, and again, that's where we start. Yeah. But it sure as hell shouldn't be where we end and we shouldn't be ending up there after. I mean, you'll quit. Everybody will quit. If that's all you're like doing, you'll quit just like everything else. You know, somebody's, you know, I'm a runner sometimes. I'm a sometimes runner, but you know. I'm a sometimes runner. <laughs> I'm, a some, I'm a sometimes runner. You know, I, I do it when I'm like pissed off with the world. I go running yeah. or, you know, or something yeah. like that. But I'm not an everyday runner because because running to me is running. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's it's something I do physically, I, yeah. You know, but yoga is is more. So yeah, no, I like the shapes. <laughs> what I what I like what you said about that is is the the being with the sensation and not trying to escape it or suppress it or push it away, but to just like be with it, which to me is the yoga. But I don't think you need to do a back bend to do that. I think you can actually tune in somatically just seated and You are probably it. further along on the enlightenment path than I am. I definitely still need my body. Like I will not, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there. I actually still I need my body. I like I feel like there is something about it. It's it's learning. I've learned to challenge my my body in mm-hmm. in those ways but i'm challenging my belief systems too at the same time and i'm learning to do it different so mm. it's not with achievement in mind i could care less you know yeah. and i could care i know i could care i do care but then i don't <laughs> care so like I, I go into it with full of passion like i care you know and i care but yeah. then i'm also really passionate about where i end up Mm-hmm. They're all, and that's the part, right? That's if we go in, listen, I, to be honest with you, I think that it's good for sometimes we, we take a step away from the asana practice because it's hard, it's hard to deprogram that. It really yeah. is. It's really hard to deprogram that. And and you're being fed it all the time. We'd be unrealistic if we weren't saying that. I mean, we just talked about the tutorials and the, you know, and the yeah. telling people what to do and things like that. So it's kind of hard to tune that out somewhat, you know, and so if that's being fed you and it's already somewhere programmed in you, it it's it's hard. You almost kind of do it gotta do a clean break. Well um, yeah, this is I mean this is a, a a question is if you're constantly practicing all the time, how are you not identified with the practice? Who are you without your your asana practice? 
I'm not a very nice person without it, but <laughs> no, I know. I hear what you're saying. It's not identifying with it. But people do. Uh, I mean, oh I don't God, know if you do. Of course do, they but... do. Of course they do. Of because course they if do. If you can't be a nice person without your asana practice, <laughs> well, then you're addicted. Then you could say I'm addicted to healthy food too, and I'm addicted to sleep, and I'm addicted to no. Because faith. I mean, the thing is, I think I think if you're using it to nor to feel normal, it's like a bypass to actually just feeling into who you are. Because if you just slow down and you just be, and you just notice, like, like. Just like close your eyes for a second and just like tune into your body and just notice like, who am I without this practice? And just like feel what comes up. Notice how your body responds or notice if there's any fears or like judgments or statements that come up, right? And then that's like kind of what you have to work with because I feel like, again, it's just like another identification. You get attached and that's like not yoga, actually. That's like the antithesis of the yoga practice. The yoga practice is supposed to free us from these attachments, not create bondage so that we become slaves to asana now. It is in our definitions. You do like, I, we're talking apples and oranges and I do know <laughs> that and you know that too. Um, it is, yes, I know people that identify their ability to execute postures, their ability to achieve certain whatever. But the truth is, I don't, I, I don't parcel out myself in that way. I have various, obviously various practices. Writing is a practice, journaling is a practice, walking is a practice, yeah. the yoga shapes is a practice, sitting is a practice. Um, and they're all part of a wholeness that we're seeking. Yeah. I just get a little nervous because I do th think so. I have heard people and it, it, it happens. I don't know. I, I've watched it happen when people become discouraged and they, it's some, it's somehow they've like now transcended the physical, like they're now above it. And I'm like, no, no. We live an earthly life. We have an earthly existence. You have a body for a reason and you want to, you know, and so we want to inhabit the body. And oh, for sure. very often, but a lot of people, you can use the asana practice to disinhabit the body. If you're just executing that postures too. and, you know, forcing your body to do, that is not inhabiting your body. That is using your body. And that is mm -hmm. very different. Mm. But, very different. And so yeah, that's I think an that's interesting it. distinction, inhabiting versus using. Yeah. And so you're, what you're talking about sitting is what we're wanting to drop into. And yeah. everybody's needs are different. You know, like for some yeah. people, obviously, obviously I have a very active nervous system. You can tell by the conversation, <laughs> correct? You know what I mean? You know, like it, I have, <laughs> I have a lot of energy. Um, mm. and, and I can be very enthusiastic and I'm, I'm also very quiet at times. Like, so I have these like two very different parts of my personality yeah. and they come through in my practice. I love physical movement. I like to go skiing. I told you yeah. when I'm angry, I like to go run. Um, 
<laughs> oh, so that's when you run. <laughs> it is when I run. When I'm pissed off, you know. After Roe v. Wade got overturned, I took up running hard again, and I'm and I'm a. By the way, I'm a terrible runner. Just so you know. <laughs> so I'm am I. A, no, I am a really bad runner. Like I am, I run a 15 minute mile. I am terrible <laughs> at it. And you know what? Sometimes it's exactly what I need anyway. I don't care. Yeah. It's like letting go of that and listening to your body. There are times, yes. Was it natural to be angry and want to hit the pavement after a Roe v. Wade gets yeah. overturned? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think that was what you ordered. You know, I didn't want to sit on my mat, you know, and like contemplate it. I wanted to right. get I wanted to get my feet on the pavement. I wanted to, you mm -hmm. know, and it, it helped me kind of also move through those emotions mm -hmm. and move through so that I could then get my regulate my nervous system, right? Otherwise, mm -hmm. I've just got all that energy that I'm just gonna get on social media and I'm gonna rip someone to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> Saves people. Yeah. Um, but but then and then but but I look at yoga more as like Yes, it is. I think that those things have taught me. There were times when like I used Kapitasana or backbends because, because I struggled with those, because those were the ones that brought up fear. Those mm -hmm. were the ones that made me short of breath. It brought up anxiety. And so as I learned to breathe through those in a very physical, somatic way, mm -hmm. I've actually learned in other ways when the nervous system gets heightened mm -hmm. at other times off my mat. I don't have to react right now. I can stay with this. I can breathe with this. And, and, and it teaches us, you know, when I taught elementary schools, this is what mm -hmm. we did. We taught through stories. We taught through games and exercises because kids could comprehend lessons when you got the whole body involved that it mm -hmm. actually translated. You read a child a story that and you talk about it, right? A story yeah. on sharing or whatever, and you know, and yeah. you have the whole outcome. And then afterwards you talk about it and then they apply it to things that are going on in their life. Oh yeah, that's like when me and so-and-so went somewhere and, and they did this and it hurt me. And you know, how did you act and whatever. And yeah. that's the way we do that too on our mat. You know, it is. It's yeah, we're like totally. making these like little imprints. But it is important, as you said, how we're doing it. We could go in there and reinforce bad patterns too. We could go out there <laughs> and keep reinforcing the bad habits. I mean, yeah, you can. You 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 can control the way you think. And so if you enter your mat thinking the same way that maybe you know, the, those old habits, those old habitual patterns of thinking, if you take that onto your mat, yeah, you, you'll just reinforce. Yeah. And I think it's same, same. you actually slow down though and start to question your thoughts. And I think this is where we get confused in our modern yoga world is we think that the yoga is this physical asana practice. But I mean, when you look at Patanjali, or you look at actual like yoga from India, from like ancient times, it's about the mind. It's a mind practice. Even Patabi Joyce used to say yoga is mind medicine. It's not really, I mean, our body is, yes, an extension of our mind in the world. It's our, it's our, uh, a tool or a vehicle or um, a sensing thing, right? And so we, we can use the somatic sensations and our, our embodied experience to help, you know, give us feedback about what's going on, about what we're thinking, what we're feeling. But until you slow down enough to like see your thoughts and to question them, 
then I think you're just going to unconsciously continue to reinforce the same patterns. We had a, a journal assignment. My mentors had a journal <laughs> assignment last week and yeah. it was this. Um, because all of our, all of our, everything we do is guided by thought. And mm -hmm. we all have probably five thought patterns that pretty much shape everything we do. And so the journal <laughs> assignment, and at first it was really hard. So think about this. This sounds so, good. We should give this good. as homework for our so, listeners. Yeah, right? So what five <laughs> thoughts, yeah. prevailing thoughts guide you? But then there's a second part, ready? What five thoughts do you not entertain as a result of having those five thoughts? Mm, so it's yeah, like this. Beautiful. And at first, you know, you have to really sit with it because it doesn't come to you right away. But mm. then Megan and I were on the phone during our afternoon walk and we were kind of like going back and forth. And, and it was funny. I was like, oh, I know what one of mine is. And before I got it, before I could tell her, she goes, You'll understand um, everything will work out in the end. You know, you'll understand everything will be okay in the end. Like everything right. will be okay in the end. And and it is my like little mantra. And yeah. it's like this, like, <laughs> and I say, I must say it all the time because she said it to me. And I was like, that's oh my funny. God, that's exactly what I was going to say. And, and I was, because I have this, like, to me, I do believe that there's a process for everything and that we'll know in retrospect. Yeah the ways we've grown. Like, so I, it's my way, I guess, of getting through the dark times. Like, okay, I'm just in the process. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to have faith in it, but that's just my way yeah. of, and so anyway, and hers is like, that child will create challenge. She was the one, she was an artist at first, right? And so she was afraid that yoga was going to, was going to like destroy her art. Because, you know, you have to be miserable to make good art. You have to like <laughs> take from your suffering and your, your like churning. Right. And so Megan's yeah. always, she just decided to go back to school to get her master's in, in psychology. Oh, so like she's, good. yeah. So she's like, but things were just starting to like, things were getting easy. So what'd she do? I'm going to go back to school. Like she just does that. You know, she couldn't yeah. move to Byron Bay where it's all like sunshine. And <laughs> she moves to Tasmania where it's like on the other side of the world. And <laughs> You know, if she just like has that, that's her mindset, but it's really fun when you start to like see yeah. these things about yourself. And so the rest of the mentors did that. And it was great because we could see how also we bring those same thought patterns, mm -hmm. you know, it, for good or for bad, right? Everything can be an ally or an enemy. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like we can, I can use that same thought pattern. Everything will be okay in the end. That can be a good way of just like, you know, um, yeah. not, not acknowledging. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it can be like disregarding someone's suffering, you know, it can be a really right. crappy way. You know, can you imagine saying that while someone's like, yeah, everything will be okay in the end. Yeah. Like, right. Right. You know, how helpful <laughs> is that? Um, but, yeah. And so you, yeah. but you, but also that, that faith, that abiding faith and believing and being committed to a process is also really good. So everything has dark and light, yeah. you know, but just True. noticing, as you said, what are the thoughts? And that caused us all to slow down because nobody could come up with this one pretty quickly. We all had to kind of yeah. like spend some time. And this is a great, it was a, so those are the yeah. things that we, we, that's what we sort of do with our mentor. Like that's, we yeah. really work with those thought patterns, belief systems, but also very physical too. And mm -hmm. how those apply and, yeah. you know, how we can practice them, change them. Yeah. Um, you know, that's great. Using yeah 
the various facets of our practice, mm. not just you know, the body, yeah, the the you know the mind, the mm -hmm. spirit, yeah. Yeah, right now is imagination. That's our new topic right now. It's oh, imagination. Cool. <laughs> yeah, there's one um one activity that I've done before in a program. Sometimes I also give it to my coaching clients where you write down um any negative thoughts that you're having about yourself or your life and in like a notebook for a day. And every time you have the same thought, you put a tick beside it. And that's an excellent way of noticing like what your thought patterns are and what some of those darker thoughts are that are coming up because those are the, those are the, like the ones that actually are like going to take you down in the end, right? Like the, the, I can't do it, or I should have, I should have done this, or I should have done that, right? All those should haves or whatever. You know, really is, interesting you know? to do is to do this too, is to go. So what was happening just before you had that thought? Yeah. What, what triggers the thought? And then it really would like imagine that because as you yeah. were saying it, I was thinking, oh, I know social media is like, it's a terrible place for me to hang out. I don't hang <laughs> yeah. out there very often because yeah. if I were to have, the truth is I never have those kinds of thoughts in the garden. I never have right. those types of thoughts wandering, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. wandering mountains and like, you know, sometimes yeah. on Cradle Mountain when I was like doing that bouldering up at the top. <laughs> you were like, I was, shouldn't have done this. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a little bit like, but that was actually realistic. You know, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> I don't know if that was like negative self-talk as much yeah. as it was realistic. Um, but You're like, but, am um, I going to die today? Yeah, I but, it, but it's like, um, I think sometimes we don't realize that we, that there are toxic places for us and, and activity mm. or what would triggers that and things like that. And if we can start yeah. to see where the pattern begins and what brings that on, you know, it'd be nice to, cause I know if I'm feeling a little yeah. vulnerable or not, I won't, you won't see me on there. I just kind of put it away. Cause I know it's just not, it's not, I have yeah. to be strong. You have to have a certain amount of fortitude yeah. to maintain your self-esteem and sense of self-worth. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is interesting because also sometimes it's just a, it's just a tape, you know, it's just a, it's just a playlist that we have. And sometimes it doesn't even have much to do with what's going on at all. It's just the way that we're perceiving the world. And to me, that's like the powerful thing about, about actually like starting to do some of that deeper work with the mind and with the awareness is you see like, oh, this is just me reacting. And I could be reacting a totally different way right now, right? Like I can go out in 11 degrees Fahrenheit and walk the dogs and think it's too fucking cold to be out here. Why do I have to do this? I don't want to be walking right now, <laughs> right? I can like insert tape and push play and get all of my, my shitty thoughts about <laughs> what I'm doing. Or I can be like, this is amazing. Think of all the extra calories I'm burning in the cold today. And I love walking and I'm in nature. This is awesome. <laughs> and look at how happy the dogs are, right? And it's like just a different tape. And so it's so fascinating to see like how we frame our experience because the experience itself is most often, not always, but often it's kind of neutral. But how we're seeing it, how we're interpreting it, how we're 
experiencing ourselves in relation to it is, I would say, most often or often like an unconscious kind of way of being. Well, I think you just said it. It's unconscious. Yeah. And that's and that's what becomes very dangerous is that when we yeah. are operating from an unconscious yeah. space. And so that activity is is super good because it allows you to be conscious. I mean, yeah. and that is and and Hopefully. kind of <laughs> Hopefully we're not going unconscious in it, right? Which is, I think, the whole thing with the yoga practice that we were talking about is when you're embodied and you're like being present to those sensations like you were talking about, then it becomes like a conscious process. But I think there's also a way of practicing where it's just like rote routine and it's easy to slip into unconscious. But that's why we write it down. That's why we say it out loud. When you say something out loud or you write it down, you give it form. And so it's yeah. hard, really hard. Yeah, for remain, writing. Good. You, yeah, you, but you have to really work hard at, at staying unconscious then. Once you write it down or you say it out loud, oh, yeah. geez, you know, then it's almost like, you know, every time you slip into that mode, you're like, oh, get, you know, that's me again. And then there, <laughs> there are, yeah. you know, times, of course, that are, that they're really embedded and the mind is a little trickster, you know, yeah. and can, can like find its way. I remember this, I was working with a meditation really? teacher. It's just so good. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were extending my times and, you know, and anyway, I was so proud of myself. I said to him, I noticed that while I was sitting my mind started to get distracted. And so I wanted to be, I didn't want to get into that bad habit and reinforce that bad habit. And so I, so I called it a day. Like that was, and he was like, ah, oh, Peg, you did it again. And I was like, what? And he goes, you stopped short. You quit early. Like he's like, you, you did it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, did, did I, like I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. Like I wanted, I wasn't gonna not be successful at it, so I found a way, and I even found a way to justify it. I yeah. was gonna teach myself good patterns. I was very noble and very, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we do that with the yoga. You know, we use like, these noble efforts of self improvement and transformation, yeah. and really we're just like you know trying to get somewhere. You know, like we can we so we can trick ourselves too. But we trick ourselves all the time, I think. Like I mean, I'm I'll raise my hand. I'm great at tricking myself. <laughs> and that's why we don't always need. So then there's the solitude stillness, right? And yeah. and silence, but also we need other people in our lives yes, that we 100%. know and trust that can <laughs> that can go Ah, oh, is that true? Ah, oh, like are you sure? Yes. And and that's something else that we we are we surround ourselves with the chorus. Yeah. Like you and I have had like, no, I think it's this way. No, I think you know, and we're like doing that. And that's really good because that's what helps us expand and yeah. break loose of those constraints. If we're always surrounding ourselves with people that think just like us. Yeah. Or want to please us or, you know, and that's teachers. Like if teachers are only hanging out with their students who have a need to please, they're never going to be able to continue to grow themselves. But so we need other people to kind of reflect back to us, trusted other people, not random people on the internet, not people that are invested in your success and love you and yeah. support you. You have to have a relationship with these people. So that's, and that's why we did the mentorship for a year. I don't, you know, I'm not going to, let's get to know each other. Let's, I care. I will invest myself and, 
And I love that relationship between people and that we, we grow through relationship. And so that kind of helps, that kind of helps like, it's like, I had to have that guy. I had to have, you know, I had to have that psychologist say to me, mm, you just did it again. <laughs> and I was, and it was funny. And I was like, oh my God, I did. And it was so, and I laughed. It wasn't, I didn't beat myself up. I was like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm good at finding ways to escape that struggle. Not the struggle. It's the not being perfect. It's the right. not it's getting that deeper it right. pattern. Ooh, yeah. that perfection. And that's the deep, yeah. right? That's what you just said. It's the deeper yeah. one. And I'm yeah. like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And you never get over it though. That's that's the other misnomer no, that I, I think, think you people... can. I think you can heal it. I think you can totally heal these things. Healing patterns. it is one thing and working with it. It's gonna keep coming up. It don't it don't go. These things they get harder to trigger and they get deeper, but they are patterns you at we all unless unless you have transcended life, unless you are like you we all have it's not that it's not yeah. healed. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about woundedness. I'm talking yeah. about we have, these help shape us. The things we've struggled with, whatever you've struggled with in your life has helped shape you as a teacher and helps make you a good teacher. So <laughs> it's not that you stop struggling with them though. And I think people, when they think they had, they're going to stop struggling, they think, oh, I got over it. And then they get disappointed when it comes back up. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean. And no, it comes back yeah. up, but look how yeah, you get better at recognizing. Way better. Yes. You get quicker and you get better and you get more learned with it. And it's and so you get experience with it. I'm really good with people that stop themselves short. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> You're like, I know that one. <laughs> I, know, I know that one. <laughs> That's all. That just yeah. I think in that way, you. I think you learn something about yourself, right? And that's and I love that you bring up this. I think that is why you need a mentor or a coach or someone who can really hold like a positively honest space that's there to help you grow. Who can like reflect back to you what they're seeing in a way that's helpful, rather than maybe harmful, <laughs> um, or you know, that is uplifting rather than degrading. Um, that's going to help you transcend those patterns or see yourself in a more honest, clear way rather than berate yourself for, you know, doing it again or not being good enough or whatever it is. Right. And so, but we need that relationship because the, it is in the relationship. And even I think in the relationship to our body, in the relationship to our practice, in the relationship to how we eat, in the relationship to each other, in our, the relationship to our business, in the relationship to social media, like whatever it is, all of these things can be used as a tool for our freedom, for our transcendence, for yoga. If we start to see it like, oh, this is triggering me. What is this triggering in me? And and what why like and we start to do the inquiry and have that awareness of like our own our own self within it, right? And and do exactly kind of what you're saying. But it's helpful to have an actual human, I would say, which is well, I mean, so and you nice can do that. You mentorship. certainly you can do that with your with yourself and with journaling yeah. for sure. But you know, yeah, as a counselor, if you're working with other human beings, you need to have somebody else too. Yeah. I mean, I as a counselor, it's 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 required. You don't I don't get to be a counselor without having someone else also that I speak to, that I talk about, that I 
am able to share what issues come up for me, what's triggering for me. Also, somebody to brainstorm with something yeah. I've never experienced before. Um, totally. You know, something. Yeah, we want to learn and grow. When I used to lead a team of counselors, that was the one thing I would ask them. So I, that's the way I led them. Is I said, "You tell me." We would have a weekly luncheon where everyone would have to bring something they were, you know, a case they were struggling with. And we would all just kind of brainstorm, discuss, support, encourage, whatever it was. And then as the director, I would just say, you tell me where you want to grow. And it's my job because I believe we all know where we need to grow. I don't think you need somebody else to tell you that. Not at all. And that's not what yeah. a mentor is. That's not what it, but, yeah. but we need somebody to support us in it. Yeah. We need somebody to totally. like, Obviously, if you know, so that's what I would say. You tell yeah. me where you want to grow, and it's my job then to present opportunities and to support you in that growth. Yeah. And that's the way totally. I see myself as like a mentor and a teacher, yeah. and and yeah. not just a counselor. And that's it's so important. It's so important to have that and to have that support. And I think you, that's another really important point that you bring up. And I don't know that it's really. I mean. I think I used to get that when I would go to Mysore, right? Like is a community of teachers that felt really supportive and um, connected and, you know, positive. But I think outside of, and I don't know what Mysore is like anymore, so I can't speak to it, but that was my experience when I was, when I was there and going regularly. But I don't know that like there's much of that kind of opportunity for yoga teachers outside of um, that kind of situation. And even then it was like once a year for a couple of months, right? And then you're kind of on your own and you don't really have a mentor because that doesn't really exist in our yoga world. Certainly and not built into our system for sure. No. You, have to, you can seek it out. You can yes. develop those relationships, exactly. but it's certainly, and it's, it's weird because like then the people that seek them out and develop those relationships are, you know, probably the least. <laughs> Ostracized. Of, you know, least, <laughs> like they're usually pretty further along, you know what I mean? It's the ones that are yeah. like, I, you know, it, and yeah. we live in a culture that really, um, celebrates individualism, independence, mm. success, mm. and it's a very exclusive mindset. So mm. it doesn't leave a lot for abundance. There's not that tribal mm -hmm. thinking. That's not that, you know, uh. we come together and encourage, you know, it, mm. it, it, we saw this with, I mean, you and I have both discussed this when it came to perimenopause, menopause. Mm. And when I hit it, nobody talked about it. Nobody was like, that, no, but that was a I time remember. in, in for women, yeah. you know, generations ago, whether it was a woman having, you know, all those rites of passages, having a baby, getting mm -hmm. married, um, menopause, those were things where the women gathered and supported yeah. each other. And there was a very communal uh, mindset. And, um, but then that, that splintered, it splintered probably as we began to move away from families and, you know, we got yeah, and there, small we, communities, right? Yeah. Like that, that all went away. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so we, and so that, that's sort of like, we've lost things of that. I think we're realizing we're feeling that loss in many ways. And so we're doing people like you and like me and other people that I've watched there, we're doing our best to reconnect those smaller, right? Because we want to make climate change. Everybody thinks climate change is something big. Climate change starts locally. It starts yeah. in your neighborhoods. It starts 
by being connected with the land that you live on, by developing a relationship with a place and caring about it and taking care of it. I look at my place here, yeah, and I want to leave it mm. better. I don't yeah. want, you know, I want to, at least not make it worse. And I right. become, but you know, each year, Robert keeps laughing, each year, everything gets bigger. Like we, we now have five bins of compost. We now have like, <laughs> I expanded into the garden by every year, another bed gets like created and, and, and we have 10 greenhouses. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just always, you know, really kind of, but we're taking it. We have a very personal yeah. investment in this that happens in neighborhoods. You know, my neighbor has chickens. I make bread. I go down, I give her bread. She gives me uh, eggs. And we, we do a lot of that kind of yeah. commute. I volunteer at the school. We're missing those smaller ways. And mm. it's through those small relationships. It's not through, I mean, Mysore is great, but I didn't find that at Mysore. Yeah. I, was, I loved being in the, the thick of, I loved being part of the crowd. It was very energizing and lovely, but I didn't really have that I didn't have the the support systems of <laughs> community. I mean, you and I have known each other for how long? It's a long time. Yeah. I don't know I how know long. long. And we how met we... maybe met there. I but think we met my I mean we knew each other before online. Yeah. We met online. But then we met in person in Mysore. But then our relationship grows, like we stay yeah. that connected and then the, we yeah. keep continue to circle back and we, we build those. A lot of the, mm -hmm. a lot of people we work with, we overlap in those because we have, we're building that small network. It's not yeah. big. It's not yeah. 300 people. It's yeah. not, it does, maybe it doesn't like, I think that's where, if that's the, what we're measuring success by, if that's what we're yeah. measuring productivity by, mm. I think it's unreasonable. And I also think it's somewhat can be damaging. I yeah. don't think we elicit that same kind of change that we can in localities and small groups through relationships, circling together. Um, and we're recreating those. I th and I guess that's what I'm saying is like, I think we're realizing how splintered we've become and how much that has hurt our soul and, you know, crippled us in many ways. It's, it's made many people feel very lonely. You can be, it's different between being solitude and being lonely or feeling alone or being on your own, right? There's a different, you can practice alone and still feel supported. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you have yeah. somebody, even if it's just like yeah. you pick up the phone, you go, God, that's, you know, it sucks to yeah. be, even like you we were saying, <laughs> it sucks all the snow, you know, it's so cold and like. But at least we're like, yeah. we know each other's pain and we're yeah. still, and that's what we're, <laughs> yeah. we're connecting on that. But that's, that's what we're, I think that's what we're realizing we need to mm -hmm. create. And we're lucky that we have other uh, medias to do that with. I mean, yeah. I was a very big skeptic of the online thing until the mentorship. And now I'm like, I mean, I can't believe I've never met. Everybody's like, I'm mm -hmm. going to cry when I meet people in person. They're all staying in the same house. They oh, went amazing. to the same house together. That's awesome. Yeah. They don't know each other, but they do. They yeah, do. And so I guess I've do. realized that that is actually possible. Yeah. Um, but, I, have, I have friends yeah. that I talk to every single day, multiple times a day through like a an app that's like a, like a walkie-talkie app. No. And I've never met them in person. 
we've only met online and I would say they're like my best friends. They know more about me than best friends that I've known, like more about me now in my current, <laughs> you know, embodiment in this moment in this year in time um, than friends that I've known my whole life because I don't talk to them who live in the same city as me because I don't see them and I don't talk to them. See, and that's your tribe though. You've got like yeah. you've got that, that's your support. That's those are your people. Yeah. So and there is like something powerful yeah. about like online meeting people online, especially when you're not just like, you know, not, not through social media, <laughs> you know, but like actually like doing like what we're doing where you're having a face to face and you're sitting together and you're having a conversation. And I see them every week in this kind of group, in this kind of, you know, women's <laughs> mastermind group. And then we talk to each other throughout the week, pretty much almost so every cool. day. And like, that's amazing, right? To have that kind of closeness and friendship and support. And we've never actually, actually, I did meet one of them this year or a couple of them this year. So <laughs> in, in person, but it's been, and it was the same. We actually, like this one woman that I'm very close with, we rented, I rented a hotel and she came and stayed with me and we stayed together for three days. I'd never met her before in person. We're like, yeah, let's hang so out. Oh, cool. Share a hotel room. <laughs> like you do. Yeah, why not? But that, and that's the thing is like, if we care about those, uh, forming those, then, yeah. then we will. It's not as easy as when you're going to a shala and everybody's there, but yeah. it's actually can be quite meaningful because it's intentional. Totally. It's, it's it relationships is. that are quite intentional. Yeah. And it does take a little bit more work to create those kinds of connections online. You know, you, you, they're, yeah. they're harder. I mean, but they're, but as you said, they're, yeah, they, they can be flourish. amazing. They yeah. flourish. Yeah, I agree. Totally I, agree. I think they're harder in the sense that you have to show up for them. And I think that sometimes where like my friends that I've been friends with since, you know, elementary school or junior high, they're always my friends. I love them. They love me. They're like family. And it's the same with my family. I have family members in this city that live 20 minutes from me. I never see them. Okay. <laughs> like, and I'm very close with them and we have a good relationship and there's absolutely nothing wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, but everyone's busy. And so what's interesting, I think about the online thing is if you have like a weekly meeting or you're meeting twice a week, like in your mentorship and you actually are showing up, you're like taking a full hour or maybe two hours out of your week where you're actually cultivating a relationship with someone. And like, that doesn't happen very often. Even sometimes in a yoga shell, especially in like a Mysore class, you can go in, do your practice and leave and not talk to anyone. And so then sure. it's just about you. It's not really about like the other, anyone else. Right. And so again, mm -hmm. it becomes very insular and even kind of isolating in a way right? You feel like you're getting something out of this or you're like, what am I getting out of this? It can certainly feel a little transactional too sometimes. Yeah, and, like yeah. what can I give? What can I bring? How can I support you? I mean, there's so many interesting things that happen when you're in a kind of like you're saying, an intentional container intentional. and relationship with someone where you're you're really like showing up to be supportive for them. Well, intention is thoughts. And we just said that thoughts guide everything you do. And so if you set, I mean, it's, it's true, right? Like these thoughts that you're right. It's, it keeps it sacred. I think mm -hmm. I was, I think that actually is what you can't multitask. 
Yeah. yeah. My knitting is in the other room. I'm not knitting while I'm talking to you. We often do that when we're in live situations, we take them, or maybe it's just, we take them for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, when we had them, when I lived in a big city, probably I took it for granted that I would always, you know, there would always be somebody and I could always practice somewhere like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we've learned, I think, I think that is something else that came out of COVID. We learned not to take advantage, not to, not to take for granted mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things. I, and so that being said, I really do. I appreciate this time that we've taken together. Like I, yeah. this has fed me. I mean, this is like food for the soul and yeah, it's been very so inspiring. Nice. It's been so great to like talk about some of these deeper aspects of the practice and just like connecting with people and what it means to connect with people and connect with our bodies to connect with ourselves and to, you know, practice yoga on many different levels. It's been really, really, really inspiring. And I assume you're going to continue with your membership or your mentorship, member, member mentorship (laughs) this year coming. Yeah, totally. With the, yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's been, why don't you tell everyone feeling. listening where they can find you if they're interested in joining <laughs> you and Meg in your beautiful circle? Don't write me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I won't answer for no, a few I weeks. I don't. <laughs> no, ashtangadispatch.com and everything's on yeah. there and it's, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. and all, all the old podcasts, there's a few on there with that we did and... Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think also in your mentorship, you have like a monthly magazine where all your writing. We do. We have that separate. That's, writing, a, right? that's the path. And so the okay. path next year. So every year we have a different theme on the path. Um, the very first year was archetypes and yeah. it was feminine archetypes in particular mm-hmm. that we explored each month. This year it's been the elements. So mm-hmm. we're now on space and that's our yeah. last one. And next year it will be the yoga sutras and we will put them mm-hmm. into modules again. Um, we haven't decided whether we'll do it on chapters yet, but <laughs> it will be based on that, that, that will be, it'll be based on the yoga sutras and we'll be taking them down. There'll be a lot of chanting and there will be some um, coursework, but also accompanying journal. I just realized that, so the first year I put out a monthly journal. Do you know how hard that was to write a monthly Yeah, I can journal? imagine. <laughs> that was a little over ambitious. Yeah. Um, so this year it's a bi-monthly and that's probably what it will continue to be with a little bit yeah. more video coursework. And of course, every month we do a live gathering. Yeah. And this Beautiful. live gathering that we're coming, you should come to it. It's it's <laughs> on Sunday. You I'll should come. do this one. It's on dreams. And we're going to be decoding dreams this Sunday. So like, because we're in space and the mind space and imagination and using John O'Donohue said, and on, you know, um, an unanalyzed dream is like a letter unopened. (laughs) (laughs) It's like just to, it reveals these like hidden things. um, The unconscious when it speaks to us at night. So we're, so everybody's kind of like journaling their dreams this week. And then Sunday, we're going to get, we're going to dig in. Amazing. You should come. It'd be fun. Yeah, please send me a link. I love dream interpretation. I've always been a very, very vivid dreamer. Oh, Oh, you'll be fun then. Oh, you definitely definitely have to come. I've been interpreting my dreams for as long as I can remember. It's been something I've been very 
like interested in since I was a young child because I was always having all these vivid dreams. So <laughs> that just means you have a lovely imagination. That's the imaginative part of you, you know. But that's yeah. also the contemplative part of you. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the part that that loves that inside. Oh you know, yeah, innerscape, <laughs> innerscape, yeah. not escape, but innerscape. Yeah, INFP over here. That's me. <laughs> so shut up. Yeah. I am like the most ENF- sensitive introverted ENFP. person. <laughs> ENFP. Oh my You're God. the extroverted version. I'm the introverted version. <laughs> that is so funny. Of course. No wonder we yeah. connect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. All right. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Peg. It's been just a pleasure to connect with you again. Oh, thank you. This meant so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I hope that you love this conversation and that you found it helpful and inspiring where we dove into some of the deeper dimensions of yoga, some of those inner practices that really can create deep transformation. And I hope that you gain some valuable insights and ideas for your own practice and how to deepen it and where you want to go with it. If you're ready to take the next step and experience the transformative effects that entering into a coaching relationship, into a mentorship um, can have for yourself, for your life, for your practice, then I invite you to reach out for one of those complimentary clarity sessions that I spoke about at the beginning of our episode today. So this breakthrough session will give you a taste of what it's really like to enter into a coaching and mentorship relationship and how it can help you make significant progress on your personal and professional path. And so we'll dive deep into your goals and your dreams and look at some of the challenges, maybe uncover some hidden obstacles that might be holding you back so that we can create a roadmap for your success. These sessions are an opportunity for you to gain clarity, gain momentum, and gain the support you need to achieve your full potential. So if you're ready to make a real change in your life or in your practice, don't hesitate to reach out because you really deserve a life that aligns with your passions and your purpose and to really just take the first step to experience the power of coaching for yourself. I know in yoga it's not sometimes um, encouraged to show vulnerability or to open up into these deeper areas of ourself to um, really explore some of the depth of what's there, right? To feel the feelings that are coming up. You know, as yoga teachers, often we're in our bodies and we're working towards a goal or we're using our body like a tool but what happens when we just slow down and start to notice and become aware of the sensations of the feelings of the thoughts that are arising up from our body what happens when we really truly start to listen deeply to our somatic experience to our bodies our bodies hold so much intelligence and so much wisdom and sometimes when we're just pushing and bending and stretching and, you know, push-upping and doing all of these physical things, we're not stopping to really listen and nurture and experience our bodies from within. And to me, that's where the real power comes when we stop and start to look at and 
express and feel into what's there rather than just try and change it or push it away or suppress it through physical practice. So for me, I think it's one of the most transformative things I've ever experienced, the combination of mindfulness, awareness, acceptance, compassionate self-forgiveness, and meditation, the slowing down to experience what's truly present for you and allowing it to be there and welcoming it rather than trying to not feel it or trying to become better or different, right? Be here now experience what's arising in the moment. There's real power in that. And I would love to share that power with you and share that experience with you. So reach out if you have any questions. I'm happy to connect either over on Instagram or by email. You can send in an application or ask for a link and I will happily um, connect with you. So uh, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, just keep embracing the power of yoga and the spiritual path and continue to take small steps towards your dreams, whatever those dreams are. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a heart